think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Hello and welcome to the Vocatus Vocum Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Mayer, here with your other host, Callie Ferguson, and our two guests, Alden and Ethan. There, guys. Wow. This week's hangover brought to you by Crispin Natural Hard Cider, King Estate Pinot Noir, and Alexandria Nicole Destiny Ridge Vineyards. Whole ton of wine and cider and shit. All right. Well, it went with our fancy dinner. Oh, yeah, no. Thanks, uh, Alden, Ethan, for making us some tasty scallops and some enoki. Carrots. Carrots. We had good stuff. Gotta have the veggies. Gotta have the veggies. Went with white wine. We paired it well. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. It was really good. So we've got uh, we've got four articles here. Since there's four of us here, we'll just do one apiece. And uh, I'll go ahead and start it out. So from the LA Times, posted January 14th, former Power Rangers actor charged with stabbing roommate to death with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Go big or go home. I I shouldn't be laughing right now. No, No, this is tragic. A Palmdale actor who portrayed one of the Power Rangers in the children's television show was charged with murder Thursday in the fatal stabbing of his roommate, prosecutor said. Ricardo Medina, 36, will appear in court next week to answer charges that he killed his roommate, Josh Sutter, with a sword last year. Last year? They're just now getting around to this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they arrested him originally, and then the, he got let go, and now they've only recently re-arrested him. Well, uh, it's a tough investigation. Right? Oh, yeah. No. They have to prove find sword the sword. Ownership. There's so many swords out there. So many you people stabbing have swords. People. I do have swords, but I keep them, you know, in, in a locked... No, I don't. They're, they're out in the open. You're Any just minutes away from stabbing somebody with a sword. <laughs> I'm minutes away from stabbing My roommates him better with watch sword. out. No, uh, let's see. Uh, I lost my place. Last year, after they argued at the Green Valley home they shared, according to a news release issued by the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, Sutter was stabbed multiple times, the release said. If convicted, Medina could face life in prison. Apparently, this is his third strike. <laughs> this is his third store stabbing? <laughs> Medina was arrested well, on guess, suspicion. Because yes, California has that third strike. They do the three strikes, strikes law. Yeah. 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 No. Third strike. Yeah. In your it only applies if you sort, stab with swords, though. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Or you know, baseball Other bats. murders. Maybe this yeah, Power Ranger thing bats. went to his head. Well, the real issue here is how is a two-time felon allowed to purchase a sword? They're going to do background <laughs> checks on that? Seriously. They're not doing... Sword control. We need some sword control legislation. So Medina was arrested on suspicion of murder January 31st, 2015, shortly after the attack at the home of San Francisco Canyon Road, police have said. Minutes before the stabbing, Medina and Sutter were involved in an argument over the way Medina's girlfriend had parked her car. <laughs> According to Lieutenant Victor Lewandowski. Seems like a, 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 a very useful hero. argument. Yeah. Hey, you a, know, lot of, a lot of angst. Parking, <laughs> parking down there can can be a pain. Parking is such a rage-inducing thing. Like I would totally stab somebody who stole my parking spot downtown. I, mean, I think my wife would stab me over parking. I believe sometimes. it. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely thought about stabbing somebody. <laughs> That's why I don't keep swords. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. 
or uh, in the car. Although I think yeah. your shorts are kind of fake. <laughs> yeah. you remember when you came over for the murder mystery? And he oh yeah, I had my, my I had my mm-hmm. little fake. It's a display sword. It's not a real sword. But it's you like, could kill it's somebody. The, it's the airsoft of swords. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd have to try really hard. I would. To... Well, minutes before the stabbing, Medina involved in an article over the way they were parked. Medina felt that Sutter had disrespected his girlfriend. Luadan. <laughs> this guy's Polish name. Uh, Lewandowski said. Let's not get racist here. <laughs> it's, not, it's not racist to say that Polish names are awkward to pronounce when you're a little drunk. Medina then entered his bedroom when his, with his girlfriend when, prosecutors say, Sutter followed them and forced the door open. Medina grabbed a sword that he kept near the door and stabbed Sutter multiple times in the abdomen, prosecutors said. Well, I guess if you're going to keep a weapon by the door, sword's not such a bad bet. You know, Sounds like some ooh, drugs Baseball bat, shotgun, So what sword. I want to know sure. is why they originally arrested him, let him go, and then a year later... Let's well, why did out. he stab his roommate and not his roommate's girlfriend? Because his well, roommate's She was the parking bitch! Exactly. This, this says that... Seems like uh, that's some misdirected anger. This says that the guy that did the stabbing went inside with his girlfriend, and the guy who was stabbed busted in the door... And then got stabbed. Sounds like assault. <laughs> exactly. Sounds <laughs> like self defense. Yeah. Medina, Medina called nine one one and remained at the scene. He was re- he was arrested soon after, but the district attorney's office did not file charges at the time. The agency asked the L.A. County Sheriff's Department to continue investigating the killing, according to Jane Robison. Listen, there's no in in that. It's Robison, the spokeswoman for the district attorney's office. Lewandowski declined to say what led to the decision to bring charges in the case. Medina had claimed he stabbed Sutter in self-defense when he was first interviewed. For these things, you should really just go from the knees. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, if you you stab them or shoot them or otherwise injure them below the waist, it's not attempted murder, right? Especially over a parking thing. I mean, I can get wanting to stab somebody. Name for life. Murder. Yeah. Medina was arrested early Thursday. Is that Thursday a legal opinion? Morning at his residence. Stab wounds below the waist or not. It makes my job a lot easier. Dave Chappelle shit said it. He's the resident expert. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Alan Bell, who is representing Medina, insisted his client was innocent and questioned the decision to charge him nearly a year after the fatal confrontation. Quote, waiting a year to charge someone can prejudice a client. Memories become faded. You may not be able to find a recipient witness, and crime scenes can get corrupted, Bell said in a statement. Aside from one-off appearances on CSI Miami and ER, Medina was mostly known for portraying the Red Lion Wild Force Ranger in Power Rangers (laughs) Wild Force from, get this, 2002 to 2003. Now, we were talking about this earlier. I didn't quite realize that Power Rangers were still on the air until I saw this article and I know you didn't Mm-mm. and uh, I've never seen any Power you've never Rangers. seen any well you're a special case but um, I had a roommate that loved the Power Rangers everybody did as a 27 no, year old man there was another guy there was another Red Ranger I swear that was in legal trouble uh, Austin something or other either overdosed or hit somebody in a drunk driving accident, so I don't know what it is about the red Power Ranger that just gets in trouble. Well, isn't the red one the leader? The red one? I think so. I think So it's probably like the power... It's just that... The power trip? It's that type A personality. They're too used to... Wearing those tights and masks? CDC needs to do a study on red Power Rangers. Well, when the robot comes together, the red one is like in the cockpit, or like the... (laughs) Cockpit. (laughs) 
Good job, oh, Alden. Really, Zach? Yeah. Really? That's where this cast is going. We're super classy here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> 2002, 2003. He also played the villainous character Decker in Power Rangers Samurai in 2011 and 12. Gar Lester, That's be Dina's longtime agent, described him as a, quote, trusted friend. Who had never exhibited a violent streak. Other than playing, stabbing his roommate. Stabbing his roommate. And <laughs> you know, being a kung fu expert on a TV show. Well, was it a Power Rangers sword that he used? Oh, to... it could have been. Mm, oh, that would have... That would be too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Although he hasn't spoken to his client since the incident last year. Quote, I've known Rick for years. He really is one of the most peaceful, peaceful guys. He was thrilled and loved being a Power Ranger. He rescued and trained a wonderful German shepherd, and he was a client and friend, said Lester, who did not know the victim or Medina's girlfriend. Quote, it's still very difficult for me to believe this was anything but self-defense. Who is this guy? Why is this he talking? Is, he doesn't know anyone involved. He doesn't know anyone involved. <laughs> Apparently he was the dude's agent and hasn't talked to him in a year. I guess that means he was doing really well or just not working at all, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> this was the closest guy to Medina that the news, the LA Times could fire. Could, could, could speak to. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only one willing to talk. The only one willing to talk. I would have fired him. Fuck that agent. Yeah, uh. get Got him two jobs in ten years. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm living with roommates. Yeah. That he had to stab in self-defense. This is a really stand-up Sometimes agent. I understand that, though. After having lived alone, I smell a civil suit. Stab, stab your roommates. I, I get smell, it. Yeah. I get it. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right, uh, Alden, you've got an article. All right. Yeah, this is from the USA Today, uh, November twenty-five, two thousand fifteen. Actually, so it's getting a little dated. But um, U.S. Military Academy officials said Wednesday they have banned the annual pillow fight by first-year cadets after a bloody clash between plebs this summer at West Point left 30 injured, including 24 diagnosed with concussion. concussion. What's a pleb? Um, I believe it's just a first-year student. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, wait. So out of the 30 that participated in this event, 24 had concussions? <laughs> No, no, I think it was uh, the entire first year class participated, but 30 were injured. And 24 had 24 of those injuries How, were, okay, were so traumatic brain injuries, essentially. Okay, so what was the size of the first class? It doesn't say. Uh, officials said they are also pursuing actions against many of those involved in the August 20 fracas. Fracas? Fracas. <laughs> well, you got to buzz out your thesaurus whenever you write for the USA Today. Oh, yeah. Um, first year students, or plebs, Organize the annual fight to help the group bond after a summer of intense training. <laughs> Ooh, intense training. Yeah, well, it's... pillow fights, yeah. They and give you severe brain injuries. Yeah, I mean, this I don't is know. like the pillow fight in uh, that movie, a Full Metal Jacket. They had a pillow fight? Well, I, that I mean, wasn't a pillow. Beat, I think they, they just beat somebody down. with oh, with socks, socks stuff with soap. soap. Yeah, <laughs> pillow fight, socks with soap. Yeah, same thing. Pillow fight, ritual well, beating. Well, were, it could be pillowcases stuffed with soap. Yeah, if they were using or actual quarters. pillows. There was no way they could get concussions. There must Bricks. be something else going on here. Well, the event, which appears to have been held almost every year since two thousand one, 
was particularly violent this time. <laughs> In one case, a cadet was hit from behind and knocked unconscious. I smell a cover-up. How do you get a knocked unconscious by a pillow? According to a West no, no, Point no. report of the this incident. Is, this, this is a pillow fight. <laughs> And in a, what basically all male academy, and some guy gets quote unquote knocked unconscious or uh, donkey punched or donkey punched. <laughs> There's no conclusive evidence. He was but, given but, first aid by a dead who's a pillow fights our pants now. Yeah, yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> Other injuries included a broken nose, a fractured cheek. Uh, a photograph posted on Twitter show a cadet, a cadet wearing a helmet and body armor with blood pouring from his nose and mouth. And that's actually a great picture. <laughs> I mean, this guy looks oh, like wow. a fucking zombie. He does. That <laughs> is a thousand yard stare he, if I've he ever died. seen one. What he, did they put? What did these guys sleep with in their pillows? I mean, that's shell shock. That's pure shell shock right there. Definitely. Yeah. He, or pillow shock. <laughs> yeah. Pillow shock. At least he's wearing armor. <laughs> Is he one of the ones with... Oh. oh. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get that badly injured while you're wearing body armor in a pillow fight? And a helmet. Wow. <laughs> it's worse than Kandahar province. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to train. I mean... Yeah. No. They don't want to get out there and not know what they're doing. You know, yeah. Get the more actual shell What shock. happens when the Afghani pillow... <laughs> Fighters. The more you bleed in the West Point pillow fights, the less you bleed in Afghanistan. Uh. Definitely. <laughs> so this is great. Colonel Carl Meyer, who led an investigation to the incident. That's not spelled the same way, is it? No. No, good. But I gotta love that. So he's a colonel. So he's been in the army, what, like 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> he's gotta investigate a fucking pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta do it. the battle. <laughs> Carl Meyer noted that the pillow fight has not been an officially sanctioned event, nor was it based on any recorded tradition. Apparently, well, just, the, just the last fifteen years, yeah, yeah they just fine. spontaneously decided to start two thousand one beating yeah, each other with pillows. Years. It was held in the campus's central area around eight p.m. Academy Superintendent Lieutenant General Robert Caslin said the probe. Oh, well, it's apparently an official probe. Giggity. Uh, show <laughs> such unprofessional spirit events have no place in the future of the academy or in the development of the army's next generation of leaders. No These are fights. that is actually an important. They're supposed point. to be soldiers. They're not just soldiers. They're in West Point. Oh. These are officers. Right. <laughs> They're gonna graduate with the commission. How are you ever gonna command the respect of men if you get your face bashed into the fucking? Well, how are you fight? not? How are you gonna command the respect of men if you haven't bashed someone's face? <laughs> If that you, is the challenge. You show you challenge. show your men this picture of a zombie. And be like, right? If you can give somebody, a I can do that with a fucking pillow. <laughs> <laughs> he was my friend, and I did that with a pillow. <laughs> and that should be like on the resume. Uh, so uh, Wait, the pillow bit. <laughs> Legit. <Are you> <laughs> Lieutenant General warned that any recurrence would not be tolerant tolerated. Uh, he said the probe showed ineffective communication between cadet leadership and senior military personnel before the fight. Um, How? What? I don't know. I mean, um, I guess anytime they have a pillow so fight. So they planned they a pillow fight like every year for the last 15 years. And it was ineffective. Nobody knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew that uh, there were murder in people's hearts. 
Nope. Never. The investigation also found that, contrary to rumor, no hard objects had been placed in the pillows before the brawl. <laughs> Seriously? What? They're just <laughs> launching these pillows at mock speeds oh. into people's faces? There must have been, like, some hitting people with their fists. Uh, many oh. injuries were the result of cadets having been hit by elbows or other body parts during the struggle. Oh. Oh, that pillow. makes... Was that a pillow fight? <laughs> or from simply It's just a great <laughs> being knocked to the ground, yeah. And then what follows is a 31-page memorandum for Brigadier General John C. Thompson III. <laughs> wow, Brigadier General is involved. Brigadier General had to spend time putting together a 31-page memorandum about a fucking pillow fight? Oh, it's redacted. <laughs> it is redacted. <laughs> a classified pillow fight. Is that a picture? What is that? Oh, it's a bloody pillow. There's just nothing good about this. <laughs> well, nothing good. This is a, a learning a learning <laughs> experience for everyone involved. <laughs> We've got our top men on this. <laughs> top men. <laughs> oh my god. That is the best. Any, close, is... any closing remarks, Alden? <laughs> I just I hope that uh, Brigadier General John C. Thompson III um, enjoyed that memorandum. That was, <laughs> Seriously, that like a good read. I hope everybody involved learned a valuable lesson about wasted time and pillow fights. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, Ethan, what do you got for us? All right, I have a very interesting article about a very misguided militia taking over a wildlife preserve in southeastern Oregon. These... <laughs> it's already fucking funny. <laughs> in defiance of the federal government. Now, there's a lot of uh, hilarious articles out there already about some uh, irony and misdirection from militias, but this one is particularly funny. Angry militia leader... Says, stop mailing us dildos. And there's a uh, quite graphic gif playing on my phone of a man picking up some dildos out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. That no one amazing. ever said it's easy to take a stand against the federal government. It's cold. There aren't enough snacks. Everyone is pissy. And a bunch of strangers won't stop sending you hate mail and dicks. <laughs> I'm going to check on my cider. <laughs> Oregon militia organizer John Ritzheimer really, really fucking hates Uncle Sam. But what he hates even more is all the obscene and generally unhelpful emails and packages that strangers from around the country and Gawker are sending to his band of armchair commandos. In a new, in a new Facebook post and accompanying video, Ritzheimer says he's sick of this garbage. Quote, it's sad that there are people who would spend this kind of money on this rather than spending it to do good in the world. I'm done living in fear of an oppressing force. Oppressive <laughs> force oppressing of dildos. Force? Oppressing force. Oppressing force. <laughs> these guys these guys get a 95% discount 
on federal grazing land, and they say, no, we're being oppressed. They also take business loans from the federal government. But, you know. <laughs> I would take boxes of dildos. Boxes of dildos. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe if you take over from some federal land, that yeah. they'd mail them to you. Exactly. That's all we got to do. We got to just gotta roll I could in. get lots. I mean, I feel like there's got to be lots of money spent in that. Mm-hmm. Well, just send a kind note to John Ritzmeyer and say, please forward all incoming dildos. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing quote, I'm going to uphold my oath to the Constitution and sleep great at night knowing that I did everything in my power to ensure what our founding fathers did for us will not be lost. I don't really know what that I, means. The, but, well, yeah. I do know okay, that the founding sure. fathers hated wildlife <laughs> and absolutely did Love. not want to preserve any of it. They so. loved dildos. They did love dildos. They well. loved them. It's a well-known... Um, Benjamin Franklin well created a whole fact. industry around them or something. I what? don't know. Well, George Washington had his favorite dildo. There was something with a kite and keys, and I'm sure that's, that's actual Franklin. somehow. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe a dildo instead of a key. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was just anal beads all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Continuing. <clears throat> Now, no longer quoting directly from Gawker, he takes particular issue with an enormous dildo and a bag of dicks that appear to be made out of candy, a form of snack. So I'm not sure what his beef is. He did Seriously. ask for snacks. He they do need snacks. snacks. He got snacks. Eat a bag of dicks. There you go. Melissa spokesperson Maureen Mo Peltier echoes Ritzheimer's disgust, and I quote: "People spending money to send items representing their hate that could have been spent on good things." Or those in need. Or something. Billy Gober posted a genius idea. Sell it back on eBay. So keep sending stupid shit. It's going to turn a dime for them. LOL. Economics. <laughs> Did he actually say LOL? Yes. Economics. Quote unquote. LOL. Economics. LOL. Economics. Well, and they're going to keep, you know, the lion's share of the dildos for personal use. I'm well, sure. sure. Continuing, I love the idea of an Oregon militiaman selling dildos on eBay. So, yes, consider the plan fully endorsed. I like this idea. Sure. And then we have a nice gif of him sweeping all the dildos and bags of dicks off the table. Yeah, that's just creating a mess for some other poor militia janitor to clean up. <laughs> what a dick. Ritz, ah. Ritzheimer's video ends with him sweeping the entire table of anti-militia mail onto the floor in an extremely dramatic fashion. As, ple- as unpleasant as this occupation has been, we can at least take satisfaction in knowing that we, as a people, came together as one to make the leader of the armed band of dangerous idiots get mad online. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is the end of the article. I have something I have to say beyond this. So I don't know if anybody follows Twitter, no. but somebody named Max Temkin ordered a 55-gallon drub drum of passion natural water-based lubricant <laughs> from amazon for eleven hundred and seventy five dollars and eighty two cents <laughs> holy shit that's the best part you spent over a thousand dollars on a 50 gallon drum of lube yes that's amazing and had it shipped to the militiamen oh my god address. what times we live in address Malher National Wildlife Refuge, 36-391 Sod House Lane, Attention Oregon Militia. Just in case you want to send anything. Just in case. And then a lot of people have been talking about it, so this is one of the favorite quotes on the internet. Quote, 
Just because they don't respect some laws doesn't mean that they're going to dump a 55-gallon drum of lubricant into a nature reserve. Seriously. That's just the slippery slope argument. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's amazing. I love this whole militia because they're just a constant source of dickery. Like, okay, so there's there's another, and I'm not going to read this as an article, but there's a, another thing that came out, like, uh, yesterday or today. I think it was yesterday. Oregon militia standoff, man arrested driving stolen government vehicle. Apparently this guy took one of the federal vehicles at the nature preserve or wherever they are. Uh, and drove it into town to get supplies and was arrested for driving a stolen federal vehicle, <laughs> which is just fantastic to me. Because that, my, my favorite thing about all this is that they're trying to basically be, you know, this revolutionary martyr force. And they're just like all gung-ho. We're fighting the, the evil, oppressive government and we're going to be heroes in the eyes of the common man and shit. No, they're just going to be bureaucracy to death. <laughs> they're going to drown in red tape, and there's not going to be an ounce of honor in it. They're just going to quietly be shuffled under a mound of paperwork for the rest of their natural lives. And that's the that's the sweetest justice to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I like how they're so, you know, hardcore and independent, and they have to go to Fred Meyer to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no... Fight the power! That'll be cash or credit. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have missed this. When the fuck did they take over a nature preserve? A couple weeks ago. This is, yeah, this is a few weeks ago. They've, they've been out there. They've been... They, they took over a federal building. And this is the this is the amazing part. And this is... There was a bunch of uproar about it. You know, why isn't the National Guard being called in to take these people out? So they, they, they found, like, this nothing... It's like a shack out in the woods in Oregon... It's uh, it's technically a federal building, and it has some federal property in it, and they just basically, they're an armed band that took over this building and aren't letting anybody in or out, and the police that, and local There was no one there, though. There was no one there. Yeah, so they, exactly. no one so they took it over. <laughs> and then how long did it take for people to realize that? Well, they had to make an announcement on the internet. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> like, they showed up Saturday, and they're like, why isn't this such a big deal? So, you know, Monday morning, they're like, we've taken this federal building. And everybody who worked there was like, cool, I don't have to go to work. <laughs> if anybody even worked hey, there. The, the, one, the one person that I'm sure. The one person that worked there, yeah. No, it's... uh. It's it's just sad. Like this is the same group that was up in arms and was it Wyoming or Montana or someplace? Uh, they're 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 grazing cattle on federal land and Wait, the federal cost. Like, there's the, been lawsuits and stuff. Yeah. That have happened. Well, do you know? Did you hear why they did this? No. Their their motivation is that two uh, of I guess their group are facing federal prison. For burning federal land. Oh yeah, that's right. And they burn the federal land to hide the tracks of them grazing cattle on the land when they weren't supposed to and didn't pay fees, despite yeah. the massive discount for being. Yeah, no, they get like it, it's a ninety-five percent <laughs> below market rate cost to graze cattle on federal land, and they said, "Nope, that's oppression and tyranny, and we're not going to pay that." So shit. we're going to graze our cattle, and then because you caught us, we're going to burn the land. And then apparently the oppressive federal government made a mandated sentence for uh, arson on federal property of five years in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> I think we burned this one. So, we, yeah, we might talk about these guys next week if they do anything more interesting. But, mm. my God. <laughs> what a source of fun.
Well, when it first came out, there were all these people who on the internet who were saying, "Why aren't we calling these people terrorists?" Oh, oh that's because they're white. About yeah, yeah, no, they're white. They're, because they're, they're white. not fucking scary. <laughs> well, there's that factor too. Right? <laughs> there is that. The whole thing is just. Fucking I almost nuts. don't want them to go to prison because it feels like they won't. They're like it's toddlers. like punishing children. <laughs> Just take their McDonald's away. <laughs> or send them bags of dicks and barrels of lube. Yeah, no, definitely. And entertain the internet for days. I'm just, glad they sent them, I'm just glad they sent them candy dicks and not dicks burgers, because that's actually good. Yeah. Like, I would well, eat a bag of dicks no. all day long. Well, whether that's good or not. Yeah, you, you hush with your Whole30 dietness. I have not been doing that. No, you haven't. <clears throat> and now it's going to be on the internet. Everybody's going to know that you're failing. Sorry, Olga. <laughs> oh, Brittany was. <laughs> Brittany saw that too. Uh... No, Brittany's doing it, and Olga's doing it, and some other friends of mine. And I was like, oh, it sounds great. And then I looked up into what it actually was. And I was like, oh, well, maybe he'll cut some of these things down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. One All right. of the things you're not supposed to have is alcohol. Yeah, well, you can't do that and be doing drunk podcasts on this yeah. show, right? True. All right, you got one for us, Callie, don't you? You got. A I do. Thing I do. To read. This was published uh, January fourteenth, so yesterday. Yep. Right? No, two days ago. It's the sixteenth. Yeah, today's the sixteenth. Um. This. Well, so it's from Seattle Times. And it's actually one of Alden, uh, a guy who went to class with us. Mm-hmm. We're not really friends with him, but... No. Although I wish I was now. Right? He was in our law school. He was in our class. I think he was in our class. Um, when Jonathan Nichols got a new cell phone in 2012, he didn't expect to get the number. When the offers of backstage passes and bikini pics started blowing up his phone, Jonathan Nichols knew something was up, writes columnist Nicole Broder. The first text came not long after Jonathan Nichols got his new phone. Check this guy out, it said, with a link to a YouTube video of a guy making beats out of a synthesizer. It was good, Nichols thought. But couldn't have been meant for him. He was a law student at Seattle University who had just switched to a local number to prepare for the job search ahead. That's pretty cool, Nichols, 33, shot back, but you clearly have the wrong number. Wait, searching for a job, didn't you guys graduate like four years ago? Everybody in law is searching for a job. (laughs) We we graduated in 2012. Yeah. So he he was the same year as us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I just wanted to clarify. No, it's true. It's true. Everybody who's thanks. not in IT is constantly looking thanks for a I mean, he just changed his it. number he just changed his to number. start looking for a job. Sure. Thanks. So what has he been doing for three and a half years? Thank you for rubbing it in. Fucking but also, around. this was when he this is when he got his number. He didn't just get his number right now. Oh, he's so. had this number for three... For, okay. Okay. But thanks for reminding us of our job just wanted to turn this into situation. a rag on Nichols. <laughs> Ten minutes. Yes, let's talk Fuck about the guy. economic viability of school. <laughs> this guy is just living at home. We're going to go on a full-on rant about this lazy taker. Next thing you know, he's going to be taking over a fucking wildlife sanctuary. 
and complaining about dicks. All right. Yep. Then he started getting phone calls from a lux- from luxury car dealerships, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Jaguar, all asking if a Mr. Anthony Ray would like to come out to the dealership and take one or two of their cars for a spin. Oh, why? Yes, yes I would. <laughs> I would. Shit. <laughs> I'd love to, Nichols would tell the very polite salespeople, but I think you have the wrong guy. I'm a broke law student. Well, that sounds about right. (laughs) Then he started getting pictures of women in bikinis. He's gay, yeah. by the way. So oh. it's just is like he? completely oh, unappreciated. This is just wasted on him. Oh, I know. Man. Come on. So he started getting pictures of women in bikinis in various states of raunchy repose. So many that Nichols told the sender, you need to stop. Hmm, Those went, unfortunately, unappreciated. Finally came the day in August when Nichols was at a softball tournament and his phone started blowing up off the hook. Photos of women with lips pursed. Texas said, love you. Happy (coughs) birthday. A woman with a bottle of Big Bottom Whiskey, more women, more lips and kisses, and one telltale reference to the 1992 rap hit Baby Got Back. <laughs> no way, wait, Nichols thought. After the tournament, he and his friends Googled Seattle hip-hop le- hip legend Sir Mix-a-Lot. I had no idea his Sir Mix-a-Lot name? was from Seattle. Well, his real name, Anthony Ray. His birthday, August 12th, that very day. That's when it all made sense, Nichols, 33, said one recent afternoon. The phone number he had picked out at the Verizon store, just because it was easy to remember, had a previous owner no one could forget, Sir Mixalot, the man behind Baby Got Back, Posse on Broadway, and founder of Rhyme Cartel Records. Who... Who gives up a phone number these days? I feel like phone numbers stopped being relevant after, like, 1995. <laughs> well, apparently a lot of people, because I had a similar issue uh, when I got a local number. Um, a woman named Kathy Tran had my number before me <laughs> and didn't bother to tell anybody <laughs> that she got a new phone number. Nice. Apparently, neither did Sir Mix-a-Lot. Right. This is amazing. I feel like area codes are just, like... They were relevant for 20 years, and then in 1995, it just stopped. It was wherever you lived in 1995 is your area code. And if you moved across, like, my phone number still has its area code in Texas, and it probably will for the rest of my life. No matter where I live, it's still going to be that same Texas area code. Well, there were still, like, when I first moved down here, I had my 614 number. Um, Where was that from? Central Ohio. Okay. And then, uh, but the places I lived, like if the apartment had a call box, I could not use the call box on my cell phone with because you didn't have a local number. Local area, so I had to get okay. a local number. All right, that's a stupid policy. It is a stupid policy. But you know, I've had this phone for four years, and I still get fucking phone calls for cash and train. <laughs> This is why I did not want to change my number when I got off my parents' plan and got don't, my own. Don't ever do it. Don't, don't ever do it. I've had this same phone number for the past no. 15... Well, phone numbers and social security years. numbers should never be changed. It has been about 20... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can think of a few situations where you might want a new social security number. Maybe if you won the Powerball, you would change your number. And yeah. No, I've had this number for the past 15 years. I can't imagine changing it. 
Well, all the numbers are already taken, so if you do change a number, it's because apparently some died. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I've gotten a Google Voice number. I don't honestly remember what it was. I picked it for some, like, text acronym thing that was some amalgam of my name. And Is something. it like a standard nine-digit or ten-digit? Yeah, it's a, it's a ten-digit number, but I have no idea where the area code is for. It could be for Puerto Rico, for all I know, but... There you go. Like this, that's I don't know. Maybe they do. They, they should, right? It's a territory. Do they have a, a one? Like, is it a U.S. country? It might. I, I've never made a phone call to Puerto Rico. I've never either. You but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that calling Puerto Rico still counts as national calling. Well, no, because like um, back back in the day when uh, AT and T was like still advertising long distance home phones they used to like it was an advertising feature that you could make calls to puerto rico google says puerto puerto rico's dialing code is plus one which is a united states okay. number yeah. so if they've got area codes it's a uh, uh, 787 and 939 by the way hmm. um yeah no these are these are u.s calling codes so it's 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 part of the u.s phone okay. directory i guess but um the public switch telephone network yeah there you go. Anyway. Continue. Picking up. Are you serious? Nichols asked when I called him on his new number to tell him about Nichols. That's hilarious, poor fella. He was down in Las Vegas at the International Consumer Electronics Show. A single guy with no kids in Vegas. Sounds fun. This motherfucker was, like, was at CES. Why would you why would you even want to take kids to Vegas? I mean that <laughs> well, Whatever. I, I, I love. Why was Sir Mix-a-Lot Ah, it's a yes. sausage fest. He said, clearly disappointed. What would he have told Nichols before the technological torch was passed? I'm confused. I'm really I don't confused know why too. you would want to take kids to Las Vegas. Well, know. why would Sir Mixalot go to CES? No, sir. Isn't it for like, uh, like the IT? Like, isn't it just like a big tech convention? Like. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's CS, the Consumer Electronics yeah. Expo. Mr. Mixlot was at the International Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. I mean, that's supposed to be with no okay, kids. Okay. It's quote unquote supposed to be a press event, right? Companies are going to Las Vegas and they're showing off what they're doing. Yeah, in like preparation for the new year, phones and, and phones and televisions and yeah. like Oculus Rift was there uh, and all that good stuff. Honestly, it was a it was a boring show this year. Oh, like, you went? No, no, I didn't go. Oh. But I did I did follow it pretty closely, and I did another podcast on this um, with Tom. With Tom. Um, we actually we were going to do a whole podcast on CES. That was our plan. Mm-hmm. And then by the time CES was over, we realized there's just not enough cool shit here to really do a full <laughs> podcast on. So we ended up cutting it and just saying, all right, well, screw it. We'll just do news in January and we'll roll CES into that. Uh, I think that podcast will actually happen on Tuesday. Mm. So we'll talk more about that then. But, um, like, there was, there was some neat stuff. Well, apparently Sir Mix-a-Lot was there. Sir Mix-a-Lot was there. So that's going to have to be one of my talking points. Yeah. Yeah. And some asshole reporter from Seattle <laughs> called him. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What would Sir Mixlot have told Nicholas Nichols before the technological torch was passed? 
Don't check any text messages in front of your wife. Mixed advice. <laughs> that would be the first thing. And don't ex- answer any text by saying yes. Because people take yes differently with me. And usually you end up with opening your wallet. Like with car dealerships. That's why I'm telling him don't say yes. <laughs> Nichols, a public interest attorney with Moriarty and Associates who lives in Magnolia has been tracking his adventures with Mixland on his Facebook page. Friends have suggested he start a blog with a sampling of the text. Quote, Hi, Ray. Please, please info if you attending freestyle explosion and locale details. Thanks in advance. Nichols didn't respond and got another text. Okay, silence, got it, brush. Another, What up, bro? This up a Sam. I'm having a morning show and studio Christmas party. I need you to come through. There have also been offers for free concert tickets and visits backstage, which Nichols has found tempting. Why not show up at the appointing place at the appointed time and see what happens? My boyfriend tells me, yeah, get tickets, get backstage passes, but no false representations is one of the rules of the bar. Oh, so he's one of those... Ethical lawyers. Ethical lawyers. What an asshole. What a fucking dick. Nichols had saved only one voice message from a woman with a New Jersey area code. He found it on his phone and handed it to me for for a listen. This used to be Sir Mix-a-Lot, the woman says with a smile in her voice. You get someone calling you talking about they be Snoop Dogg. They really are. Lucky you. Nichols got the new number so he'd be local when he started looking for a job. But it turns out to be a secret weapon, a way to stand out and be cool by pure coincidence. When interviewers have asked me what's something interesting that no one else knows, or when people I meet working political campaigns tell me about meeting Bill Clinton, I always say, I have Sir Mix-a-Lot's old phone number. (laughs) It's a total mic drop. Mic drop. Really? Totally. Yeah, that's what it says. Going for Beastie Boys. That's and what... one that comes with one very specific no responsibility, according to the previous owner. <laughs> I don't know when he got a job. <laughs> tell tell him any really sexy pictures, little in the middle, and if she's got much back, give them the new number, Mick said with a laugh, then paused. But not the car dealerships. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody... Nobody likes car salesmen. So basically, when sexy women message Nichols, he's supposed to pass them on to Sir Mixalot. Well, did uh, did Sir Mixalot give him his new? Apparently, yeah, that's what he says. When Sir, Sir Mixalot says, when when women send any sexy pictures, little in the middle, and if she's got back, give him the new number. <laughs> that's that's a that's an interesting in with somebody like. Sir Mix a lot. So what was his name? Ray something or other? Anthony Ray. Anthony Ray. I'll be honest. I've, I don't think I've actually heard that song. What? No. Really? You've heard that song. I. Baby got back. I've heard. I got my baby back. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Are you serious? And I'm the one who was homeschooled. All dead. Really. We could do the we could do, we could do the lounge version of it. 
Little in the middle, but you got much back. No? Nothing? Nothing. Play a song. I, I don't even... Okay, so I'll talk while I see if I can track it down. Uh, Baby got... I got my baby back. No. <laughs> no, I'll do Sir mix a lot. Baby got back. Here we go. Oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. Who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. Oh, I thought that was You've heard this song. I have. Yeah, you're right. That is <laughs> All right. That's enough. Yeah, no. Sir makes a lot. What? <laughs> Callie's used to being the one out of the loop, is the thing. So this is novel for her. Still. I thought that was at... Um, Cisco guy, but then I realized that that's like the thong song or something. Or... <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I uh, I think we're gonna call it right about there. Say good night to everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for joining us on an odyssey of the drunken mind here on the Bocatus Vocum podcast. Opinions expressed during the show belong solely to the person expressing them and do not reflect those of their friends, family, or employers, past or present. If you liked what you heard, please drop us a line at www.bocatusvocum.com. <laughs>